If you resolve to do anything new for your health in this new year, might I suggest starting with drinking an extra glass of water every day? New research suggests that well-hydrated adults, meaning those with lower sodium levels in their blood, are less likely to develop chronic health conditions like heart and lung disease. Makes sense, given that we're all about 60% water anyway. This is Pulse Check. I'm FDA reporter Katherine Ellen Foley. House Democratic lawmakers found that the FDA ran afoul of its typical approval process for Adahelm, an Alzheimer's drug that came to the market in 2021. A joint report from Democrats and the House Oversight and Energy and Commerce Committees showed that the FDA and Adahelm's manufacturer, Biogen, inappropriately worked together to craft briefing documents to present to the agency's advisory committee. The report also found that the FDA shifted Adahelm's approval pathway after agency scientists raised questions about the drug's benefits to patients. Lawmakers concluded that they have serious concerns about the FDA's adherence to its own internal protocols and Biogen's disregard of efficacy and access in the approval process for Adahelm. In other Alzheimer's drug news, the FDA could approve two new treatments for the disease in the first two months of this year, one as soon as this week. But Medicare won't cover those drugs for most patients. After Adahelm was approved, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services said that it would cover certain types of treatments for Alzheimer's only for those enrolled in clinical trials. The Alzheimer's Association, a disease advocacy group, has formally requested that CMS revise its coverage determination for this class of drugs, but it's not clear when the agency will respond to that request. I'll be following the story in the coming months. And today, I'm joined by Alice Miranda Olstein, here to talk about the influx of demands anti-abortion groups have presented to the new Congress. Hey, Alice, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Good to talk. So dozens of influential conservative religious and anti-abortion advocacy groups are pressuring the new GOP House majority to pass bills implementing national restrictions on abortions. Can you walk me through what some of their demands are? So I obtained a letter from a bunch of these groups, including ones you've probably heard of, the Heritage Foundation and Susan B. Anthony, and a lot of these really well-known groups on the right, as well as some lesser-known ones. And they have a lot of demands for the new Republican House majority. They argue that they were put in power to implement restrictions on abortion and that voters expect that. The demands include, most notably, a six-week ban on abortion at the federal level. This goes beyond the 15-week ban that some of these groups had previously pushed for last year. They also want cuts to federal funding for Planned Parenthood. That money already can't be used for an abortion, but they want to cut the funding entirely. Um, And also they want to get rid of some um, federal regulations that were put in place by agencies under the Biden administration, including ones around access to the abortion pill. So trying to get at this in a lot of different ways. I'm wondering, like, do we think that these bills or or proposed bills, are they going to have universal support among House Republicans? I mean, who, who would actually like sponsor them and who is expected to introduce something similar to these demands? Yeah, so a lot of these definitely have already been introduced in previous Congresses. So we know there's some support for them, but they haven't passed. <laughs> um, they have not become law. And so that's that's very telling. And, you know, Republicans have a very narrow majority in the House. A lot of them interpret the midterms as uh, showing that 
abortion restrictions are not popular and that the public, the voting public is very angry about the fall of Roe versus Wade. And so they might be more wary of taking these votes, especially because none of these have any chance in the Democratic controlled Senate. And even if they did, the Biden White House would issue a veto. And so basically these were would be messaging votes. These would be the House Republicans taking these votes to show where they stand. And that could make a lot of folks nervous about the political repercussions if these don't really have a chance of becoming law anyways. Yeah, I mean, I know you've done so much reporting in the past that's looking at some of these individual referendums that states have um, that states have passed or not passed that would uh, limit abortion access further. Can you talk a little bit more about like what some of these repercussions would be for just even taking votes um, on some of these bills in the future? Yeah. So, you know, on on the other side, the the pro-abortion rights side, you know, they really feel that they were successful in the midterms by hammering Republicans on being in favor of restricting abortion. And so they're very eager to keep that drumbeat up. And you could see if these votes did happen in the new House this year, you could easily see lots of ads being cut against vulnerable members saying he voted to ban abortion after six weeks with no exemptions blah, blah, or whatever, whatever the policy might be. You know, the attack ads kind of write themselves. Now, of course, <laughs> there's the ever-present tension that lawmakers have of, you know, they need to win a primary before they win the general election. And so they also need to, in many districts, appeal to a very conservative base. And so they're really in a, in a political squeeze on this issue. If they do one thing, they'll upset <laughs> one group of people. If they do another thing, they'll upset another group of people. But it's interesting that these very influential groups are really throwing down the gauntlet and demanding more than ever before, because more than ever before is possible because of not having Roe versus Wade in place anymore. My last question for you is, what about Democrats or independent lawmakers? Is there any chance that these lawmakers would be interested in some of these more restrictive uh, abortion access bills? So I don't really see the possibility of that. One, the Democratic Party has gotten a lot more progressive on the issue of abortion over time. There used to be a lot more Democratic lawmakers, including notably Joe Biden when he was in the Senate, who were anti-abortion and vocally anti-abortion. Um, they're, they're just a lot fewer of them now. They ha they're not in Congress anymore. The party is pretty united uh, around allowing abortion access, and I don't see them really wanting to give Republicans a win on this. So I see them standing pretty united in opposition with maybe a couple exemptions, including, you know, folks like Henry Cuellar in the House, but very, very few, not enough to get the bills over the finish line. Got it. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Alice. Great to chat as always, Catherine. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.